Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 93 of the 7500 Holt Holtcast. I'm Jack Grimsey alongside Robert Lintot. He's back this week. You missed him last week, but how's it going, Robert? How you doing? Catching up on it's, Villa? It's sure, yeah. I've been <laughs> running social media for an orchestral festival, and I just I I've not actually been a part of the world. Yeah, I followed you on Instagram, but I don't really still don't really know what you're doing all day because it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't take all day to post post one Instagram. Then I'm not or sure. Or does if that's it? A I don't know. Sign, Lescott, but... Lescott can can tweet with his butt, but it takes you six hours to <laughs> post an Instagram. <laughs> exactly. No, they actually have me doing other work too. But I mean, that's why he gets paid the big bucks, though. Yeah, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> no, Lescott. I mean. Yeah. No, I know. <laughs> he tweets with his butt. Ah. Yeah. Sorry, me and James were on about that last week. Of course, we had James Russian on. Host of On the Pod, my lord, our other podcast on 7500toholt.com. But anyways, back with Robert tonight. And, you know, we had a new owner, but it's not exactly finalized yet. Got different sources saying different things. That's what we're going to lead off with in a moment. Then talking to the new manager, Roberto DiMatteo, the art lover. And then the transfer window is open now that it is June 1st got some twitter questions for you today aston villa announced their preseason fixture so we're going to talk about that and we will final finally cap off the episode by pissing off some real madrid fans and talking about instant replay that in just a moment You're listening to the Holtcast with Jack Grimsey and Robert Lintot. So the man who bought Aston Villa, Tony Shia. Well, it's not final yet, Robert. Yeah, I. God, after we spent weeks and weeks hearing about it, and. You, more so than me, being dubious that the deal would ever go through. Now I think we get to spend weeks and weeks hearing about uh, the minutia of the deal maybe actually going through. Yeah, exactly. We have different sources saying different things on that. The Mail and TalkSport are saying that the bid is in doubt, but the Bermuda Mail was saying that Tony Shia has plenty of money, and B- the BBC also says it's not likely that it will fall through. And you know, if I have to take a side, I will always choose the one that has the BBC and the Birmingham Mail, so long as the opposition is TalkSport and the Mail. TalkSport and Stan Collymore. God, yeah. Anything that has talk... If if my options are between something vaguely legitimate and TalkSport, I'm always going to take non-Stan Collymore. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't think this thing is going to talk sport. I, I think they have great commentary for for normal games, but, you know, it's, it's just a... Just paper talk, really. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, um, it's it's their talk shows that are it's it's when they talk sport yeah. that it's so bad, <laughs> <laughs> which is ironic. Yeah, um, but anyways, anyways, so it looks like I, I mean, it looks like it's going to go through. There's no way that it doesn't. <laughs> oh, if, why if did you say much, that? If he has as much, if he has as much as the Birmingham Mail think he does. Yeah, no, I'm I I'm feeling fairly confident it's going through. Um, 
you know, reports today had him being back in England within about the next week or so. Um, all the paperwork was filed for whatever the next step was before the bank holiday. So I imagine he'll be back in England soon and this will all be taken care of. But it's one of those things where this is probably not taking any longer than it normally would, but it's just obnoxious after waiting so long to begin with. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's the the FA's fit and proper test, and you know, I'm sh- I'm sure it probably makes it a little more dif- difficult that he's not an English citizen. Yeah. And there's all sorts of political and bureaucratic hoops to jump through. It's he's buying a massive business, you know. It's yeah. <laughs> to me, one of the biggest ironies is the FA being in charge of giving a fit and proper test. Oh yeah. <laughs> like I you can, can you can just look at who's passed it. I mean, Randy Lerner passed it. You, you, I guess you don't really have to take it in the middle of your term, but uh, Tony Fernandez did obviously. Vincent Tan at Cardiff, and whoever Blackpool's owners are—they're terrible. And they Carson Young. Those. Yeah, Carson Young. Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, but I mean even more so. God, can you think of anyone less fit and proper than the a holes up at the FA? Uh, mm. Probably I'm the still ones waiting the, to hear news whoever, that somehow hand out the work permits. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm still waiting to hear news that somehow the he can't buy us because yeah. of a work permit issue. So yeah, don't don't at me. I understand that's how it does. That's not how it works. But yeah, I think I think it's just like you're saying. It's something that just takes time, no matter what, and just it's inconvenient that he did it now. If they would have just started the process two months ago. Or something, then we could get straight to buying players in the transfer window. But mm-hmm. in order to buy players, you need a manager. So anyhow, let's move on to Art Lover, Roberto Di Matteo. And bring up Art Lover because Stevie Green was of the Aston Villa Review. He was talking about it on Twitter today. He said it was on a Sky Sport ad in the 90s. So that's kind of funny. Yeah, so you know it must be true. Yeah, though, I mean, that was before Sky Bet. And they didn't have to uh, make up rumors to... Se- sell bets <laughs> as you like to oh, point out i think god yeah no it's kind of ridiculous i don't know i i think so here's the question do you believe the rumors that we already have a manager in place before we have an owner in place i kind of would hope we do i kind of think they they happen at the same time because if tony knew he was buying villa and he, he knew he wanted to hire he said he's been looking at it he said he, in that tv interview he said people looking at managers for two months yeah, exactly. Um, can you imagine if you're in Di Matteo's position, though, and you're like, all right, cool, I got this sweet gig lined up. What happens if Shia doesn't go through with the uh, fit and proper test? Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe Villa will hire him anyway, regardless. <laughs> I mean, that would be kind of nice, but what are your <laughs> I, thoughts I kinda, on I kind of feel like Lerner was just holding out hope that, like, yeah, he'd heard about relegation, but like naturally being an American, he didn't realize it was actually happening until they like came away and like took a bunch of his money or something. Then he's like, okay, now I will sell the club. <laughs> That'd be a pretty pretty funny. Lerner's probably sitting in his office going, for God's sakes, I own the Cleveland Browns. If they can't get relegated, it can't be real. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, what do you think of Di Matteo? Oh, I, I think he's worth giving a shot. I think he was probably the best choice after David Moyes. He has a lot of experience in England. He, I mean, he didn't get West Brom relegated. He won the Champions League. 
I, th- I think that's enough to, to put the stamp on his resume. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, I'm, I'm okay with it. And the wages are uh, r- ridiculously fair, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, what, 35,000 pounds a week or one and a half million a year, just about so. Yeah, that's not crazy. Like, I mean, I could be wrong. We don't often hear about managers' wages, but that does not strike me as do when they're Mourinho making eight million or something a year. Yeah, or twelve. Who's making twelve? Ancelotti or something? I'm not sure. Pep probably. (laughs) Van Hall. What did Pep get from City? Twenty million a year? I think it's something something incredible. Yeah, I don't know if it's a salary that Roberto Di Matteo can return. Um, excuse me, can manage to keep a house that would be on MTV's cribs once again, as Stevie was also saying that that happened in the 90s, but mysteriously couldn't find video of of either thing. (laughs) God, I mean, that would be pretty great if we can find that. That right there would be all of the memes that we have. He has it on VCR. Yeah, right? Someone has to have it. Um, Yeah. You know, it's it's got to be there. Of course, uh, some some fans will be upset that it wasn't Nigel Pearson, but not not us. <laughs> yeah, no, God knows. I'm happy not to have him. Just, whatever, even if he's a good manager, I just want to avoid drama. Just don't sign players that have have issues. Don't sign manager that unless you can get him for cheap. But yeah. No, that's true. All right, I found a lead for your story here. Okay. Uh, headline, Di Matteo, my life was worthless. Chelsea star reveals how he battled with depression after injury forced him to quit. Whole lot of heartfelt stuff. And then the final paragraph, Di Matteo revealed his heartache while being filmed for a new show on MTV called Footballer's Cribs. His Rome home is featured on tonight's show at 9.30 p.m. And this is an article from February 9th, 2013. Oh, no, 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 I take that back. This is an article that was updated then. This is an article that was originally from June 12th, 2005. My apologies. So, MTV yeah, Football Yeah, that's, a, that's a significantly long time ago. That's before he got into managing. Yeah. Yeah, before uh, he got into managing, he he started with MK Dons in England, was there just 11 months. But... One twenty-seven, drew 11, lost 14. With West Brom, he was there 83 games. He won 40, drew 19, and only lost 24. He did quite well at West Brom. Yeah. And at Chelsea, 24 wins, 9 draws, 9 losses. I bet they would have liked that this season. Huh. Well, that would have won you the title this season, wouldn't it have? Wow. Wow. And at have? Schalke, it didn't go so well for him. 14 wins, 7 draws, and 12 losses. But... His win percentage right now is 50%. And if he comes to Villa, if I mean, he, he could easily break the record for win ratio held by I mean, yeah. Tim Sherwood. <laughs> Got to be better than Tim Sherwood. <laughs> could you be worse? Okay, so he got two points per match, almost two points per match, equivalent while he was at Chelsea. 1.92... Yeah. Over 38 would have been what? Would that have been enough to win you the league this year? Yeah, 73 points. I can't remember what Leicester finished on. 
I feel like it was close to 70. Oh, 81. It would have yep, got you so. second. It would have gotten you second over Arsenal. And, yeah, but we'll we'll see if he's worse than Sherwood. First, he'll test himself in the market. A big criticism of Di Matteo is that he's never built a team. That'll be interesting to see. But he has worked with directors of football in the past. The Continental model, he is Swiss. So I think I think he's a, a good fit for that. So we'll, we'll see who he's going to buy because today, June 1st, transfer window officially open. And we've got a couple of players walking out the door, Robert. <laughs> uh, Charles and Zogbia. Gone. Uh, that's the big name there. That's the only one that we really, really care about. He's finally gone. 60K. Yeah, it's about freaking time, too. Um, again, as I've kept reiterating over and over to the point of being obnoxious about it, it's not his fault that we offered him that stupid contract. But that oh, no, doesn't I mean I'm would not offer happy. me that kind of a stupid contract. Yeah, that doesn't mean That's I'm like, not happy to see their contract gone. Exactly. And and even even Kieran Richardson, that's wages off the books. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, that's the sort of thing that we need. And neither of those players are probably going to, you know, the type of player who would contribute at the championship level. So And, and a couple younger guys, too, out of contract, but they can't, they aren't exactly able to just join another club for free. There would be a tribunal as they're under 23, and that's Jed Steer, who is 23 in uh, Genoa Danassian, and he's 22. And then Callum Robinson, who's 21. He was alone at Preston in the championship the past couple of years, and I assume he'll, he'll come back to Villa since we'll be in the championship now. Yeah. He was in League One with Preston and then in the championship, excuse me. Yeah, I would imagine something like that. Um, I... Don't know. Do the players just automatically get released today? Is it actually today that the window ends? Or I'm their contract not exactly end? sure. I'm sure they're. I don't know when their contracts run till. Yeah, given given the fact that we didn't hear anything today about people being out of contract, I think it's probably a little bit later. But yeah, those are the people you can expect to see piss off. Probably Friday at about five o'clock. <laughs> you want to just bury just dump the it. news really quiet. Yep. Uh. That that would be giving too, Aston Villa too much credit for foresight. Yeah, that's true, but I don't know. Dr. Tony seems like a smart guy. <laughs> yeah, but you would have had to plan it into their contract to know that you'd fire him on a Friday. Oh, oh no, no, but I, you mean you could just, if they're going over the weekend, or, or if they took a buyout of their wages and just could leave that day, just mm-hmm. just leave already. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's kidding. It's so those are some of our goners and some of the people. But what about this Jack Grealish news? Uh, yeah, I, last week we were talking about all the players that could come and could go, and Grealish was one that we I think we brought up and players that could go, although we wouldn't like to see him go. And apparently, after his brilliant U twenty one performances, when in his England debut, he scored two goals and had two assists, and. Apparently, that means Stoke are interested, also Spurs. God, I mean, at least Spurs would give us all the money in the world. No, they wouldn't. They're so cheap. They would look how much they got Deli Alley for. That's true, I suppose. But, I mean, we know better, I would They would hope. just try to strong arm us, yeah. And it de- I think it ultimately comes down to Grealish. I think he, he probably knows that he has to prove himself this year. I would think so, although God knows, maybe he gets it into his head that this England performance is all the proving he needs to do. 
Maybe not. Maybe just, yeah, I don't know. He's got to realize where he is. Yeah, I don't but know. That would, I think that would be bad business for Valetisel Grealish to Stoke, and so did Alex. He wrote about it on the site. So... Yeah, I totally agree. Don't sell him to Stoke. If you're going to sell him, he's at least... Yeah, anywhere but Stoke. He's at least double digits. Yeah, at least... Yeah. You was, cannot sell him a lot more now that we have a new owner that has money, huh? Like, remember in January, we were saying maybe six or eight or something, but now... Stoke can piss off, just unless they give 15. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely <laughs> which, right. In which case, that's a bunch of money, and we got to make them take someone else that's like IU or Cora or something, too, for like another few millions. Yeah, although I think both of those players could be useful to us. That's true. I guess we could afford to keep them on the books probably as well. Yeah, I, <laughs> They got to buy Adama for 20, just like Stuart Downing. But again... There's another player that could be useful if he ever actually got to play. Why are you trying yeah. to get rid of all our good players? I'm, I don't know. I'm still in fire sale mode. I still think we're poor. God, we've, we've got some really bad players, but you're getting rid of all the ones that might actually help us. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously, we talked about it last week, but I'd, I would love to dump Lescott. Oh, God. God, nothing would Guzan. give me more I think joy. Guzan actually would move to MLS. I feel like he's going to move. Maybe he can take Lescott with him and just, like, push him out of the so, airplane over the Atlantic. Oh, uh, wait till he signs a new contract, I think, because we'd still be liable. God damn it. <laughs> what a waste. <laughs> All right, uh, so anyways, now that we're done talking about how we're going to kill Lescott, let's move <laughs> on to Twitter questions. And we got one from By the Minute Aston Villa. Will Roberto Di Matteo's impeccable fashion sense translate into promotion, and it didn't didn't work out too well for Remy Guard. I think he was a stylish man, although probably probably the best is still Pep, except when he rips his pants. But yeah, Remy was a little staid in his style. I mean, it looked it good on him. French, a little too French for you? Yeah, it, it was just. Uh, it was, it was very black. Grab. He was going to a funeral every week. He was going to yeah. a funeral every week. I mean, you got dressed in black for that funeral, so maybe you're right. Yeah. <laughs> didn't uh, didn't get a transfer budget for his wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> I like that idea. All right, next one from Leighton Castle. Is it better to have anybody else owning us other than Randy, even if they're possibly a... Charlatan. Charlatan. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and Rob Warner asked us, list your top three favorite Charlatans tracks, which I've not heard of them, unfortunately, so, for you. So, as research, lest, lest anyone ever accuse me of not doing my research, I went and listened to the Charlatans, and I'd like to ask Rob Warner, what in the hell are you asking us this question for? Because, good God, they're terrible. <laughs> like, uh, worse than Villa? Imagine, imagine some just crappy 1970s prog rock like emerson lake and palmer or deep purple and then made modern and crappy and that's what, what the you just, you just probably play loud when you're live so people think you're good god yeah no i'm i'm sure i'm probably irritating rob warner here but that's all right i'm i'm willing to die on this hill i've never had the pleasure of listening to them so I'm gonna take, avoid a, take it. a pass on that Rob Warner did give us another question, though, that I I will answer, and it was if all our players were released on a free tomorrow, who would sign them? I would say hopefully we would sign some of them, but actually, on the other hand, maybe no one. Because, I don't know, that was what everyone was always going on about, was that the dressing room was cursed or had cancer, I don't know. 
Yeah, but... I don't know. I think you sign a few of them. And especially, you know, what's our limit here? Do we count youth players in this? Um, no, because they don't get released on a free like normal players. Okay, then no, we don't count them. Um... God, who do you oh, keep? Rudy, you got to keep Rudy. I think Rudy is like a good guy, and like that's what we need at Villa right yep. now. You're gonna keep everything Rudy is you awful. Are you? I think you probably. You probably got to keep, keep Westy in Ghana. If I don't really keep... think this is what I don't really think this is what he meant. It's no, like, I understand. I think he means that. who would who would they go to? I mean, Ghana would get snapped up by a Premier League club like Southampton when they sell Wanyama to Spurs. Yep. Um, when, um, Vertu, Vertu could end up somewhere if a French team wants him. I could, you know, he would go back to the French League. Why would someone just, they saw he was decent there before. You I'm know, a lot to... of, who would sign Carlos Sanchez? Uh, I, uh, I don't know. I'd like to see him play in, like, Scotland. I'd like to see him play for Di Matteo and just be a midfield destroyer and just wreck people from mm-hmm. time to time. Yeah, I'm. he's actually literally the only thing I'm excited about about Copa. Yeah, that'll, yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, we'll see what he can do against Guzan on Friday night, maybe, if he starts. God, I hope that he scores two against Guzan. <laughs> oh my god. I don't know, has he ever even scored for Villa? No, of course yeah, not. I don't, I don't. Yeah, of course not. Obviously, <laughs> but I say of yeah. course not, and now I'm instantly looking it up because. Uh, All right, well, let's get let's get back to Leighton Castle's question: Is it better to have anybody else owning us other than Randy? And I think so, just because Randy is totally out, didn't give guard money in January, which I had mentioned, and still annoyed about that. But yeah, you know, it's just time for a change. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Um, Although I guess I guess I don't know. Although about... if he's gonna just nuke us and change it to like Lotus Aston Villa, then and put a <laughs> put a I don't know a pharmaceutical like put some pills on the badge or something. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, Sanchez has scored one goal for us. Own goal. Uh, last year, twenty fifth April, an eighty fifth minute deflected volleyed equalizer away to Manchester City. That we still lost that match. Yeah. Thanks to Guzan. Of course. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but if, if I see Guzan in Chicago, I'm going to talk to him at, at the Copa when I'm going to the U.S. against... What are, what are you going to say to Brad? Costa, Costa Rica. Hey, Brad. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. I probably should think about this, huh? There's a, there's a few choice words I would like to say, but I know I can't say those. If, I kind of want to interview trying- so... I'm going to give you a job hint here. If you're trying to get some newspaper to pick you up, try not to have your interview question with Brad Guzan be, Hey, Brad. (laughs) What about fuck you? (laughs) That, I think, would be better because at least you get to start a a scandal. And you get some press. Guzan gate. Then they would revoke my badge for Argentina, and I really want to watch Messi, so probably going to avoid that. All right, well then don't do that. Uh, God. Anyway, let's let's move on for preseason fixtures. Once we have a new manager, that's what the focus will be on. Phil announced there will be a training camp in Austria starting on July the 11th, five days before Phil kick off preseason by actually playing two games. Or maybe it, maybe it starts a little before the 11th because 
they probably got to fly back to England. But um, yeah, July 16th, Villa will be playing AFC Telford at noon and Worcester City away at 3. So it's it's kind of like a baseball split squad preseason game. You know, half the team goes one one place, half the, half the team goes the other place. Yeah. I just like the fact that we're doing an Austria training camp now that we have Andy Weiman out of the squad. Yeah, that's too bad. Well, my... I don't. I didn't really understand the schedule. Are both of those matches at the same place? That would kind of make sense to have the manager watch the team twice if you're gonna if you're gonna have two squads play. Uh, the I don't think so. Well, sounds kind of pointless. Unless he could, of course, drive there in time because England's not very big. Walsh's Meadow in Stourport. Where in the world is Stourport? Let's go to Google Maps. Is that is it by AFC Telford? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking for Stourport here. I'm sorry, it's Oliver. Pot, I think. No, it. I mean, unless Villa spelled it wrong. What is Stourport? Stourport on Severn. Oh, no, I, I thought. Yeah. It's south of Kidderminster. Okay. Uh, it's it's east of the town of Rock. Uh, and north of Worcester. Uh, these are these are unhelpful things. Now I need directions between there and AFC Telford. This is thrilling podcasting right now, by the way. Yeah, we're on very it sorry. It is a fifty-five I, minute drive. I just didn't even know these places even existed. That's but it's west of Wolves, Wolverhampton. So yeah, it's. Uh, it's a 55-minute drive down the A442, it seems. Is that what right, it seems? Well, yeah. Hopefully Di Matteo, Di Matteo is Lescott's car, and he'll be able to get there in time. But everyone will be going to play Bristol Rovers away on the 20th of July. Then they're going to play Jordan Fertu's old squad three days later, FC Nantes. Nantes? I don't know. It's French. It's definitely not Nantes. <laughs> but, uh, I think it's Nantes. Nantes? Let's go with Nanties. Nanties. Let's just really right. American. And then uh, FC Nantes. Cambridge United on July 26th. They, remember, they pushed Manchester United to a replay in the Cup, I think, last season. Mm-hmm. And then to, to cap off the preseason, Middlesbrough at home on July 30th. So <laughs> I think a couple episodes we were talking about, would we be the team that plays some Premier League teams now that we're not, and it's only going to be Borough when they're just going up, so. Yep, they're going, well, thank God we get at least one championship team to play. Yep. God, we're that team and, now. Yep, we are that team. Uh, and finally, I guess let's we'll cap off the episode by talking about Instant Replay, another piece that Alex Carson had on the site, and apparently it really angered some Real Madrid fans, Robert. Yeah, yeah, we got a bunch of uh, Real Madrid fans who were really pissed off about it. Although, I think the guy who posted his comment a bunch of times might have been a Liverpool fan. I was trying to parse it out because he was mad that we were writing about it after Real, but not after about another game where it could have been... About Dortmund, maybe the EuroLeague final? Yeah, so I... Or not Dortmund, sorry, Sevilla. Yeah. I'm still always thinking Klopp is at Dortmund, but... But I think that would make him a Liverpool fan. Um, yeah, maybe, or just just curious. I mean, it was the EuroLeague final was on a Wednesday night. I was planning to watch it that Thursday because it's always Thursday, and then it was on a Wednesday, and I was like, eh. 
Yeah, it was. I I I didn't even know what was know. happening with these comments. But, but yeah. you know, instant replay. I was thinking about it the the other night. I was playing FIFA and how the offside is always in that game. It's always known by the computer. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I don't think offside could be a decision that's reviewed unless, of course, you review it. Say the move results in a goal, you review it while it's in the back of the net and you're resetting play. It'd be a very late call, but maybe if it was a blatant offside, you yeah. know, obviously that changes the course of the game. Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely fair. And what Alex pointed out in his article is also absolutely true. It takes 30 seconds to review that call. It should, but you watch American sports and... Oh, I God. swear, every time I watch the replay, within five seconds, 95% of the time, I know what the call is. And I swear, they take over three minutes. Oh, They're yeah. just the slowest people. Major League Baseball and is the more, The more you look at it, the more it's just me- going to mess with your brain. And honestly, sometimes you'll probably just think it's the opposite just because you're overthinking it. Yeah, no, and that's the danger, that it sort of hits that American model. But Yeah, exactly. That would be devastating. You know, sometimes the NFL will go to a commercial in the middle of a replay. Yeah. Um, that, that it absolutely cannot happen under any circumstances. But I think Alex is right. If you see a goal-scoring play, just really quickly check for offside. That's fast. That's easy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And goal line tech has been great. Who would complain about goal line tech now? Everyone that's just whiny about new things. Cool, yeah. Which you're is, listening to a podcast now. We're all using a computer. Great. It's 2016. <laughs> like, you may as well use the tech bef- like before the robots take us over. Yeah, it's... Like robot ref. Okay, go for it. Clattenburg Clattenburg is terrible. Someday we're going to get robot umpires in baseball and it will be the happiest day. (laughs) Just get a a laser K-zone. Oh, God. Nothing would make me happier. You can see the ref get, or the ump get a foul ball to the uh, the groin. I'm okay if it's (laughs) the uh, umpire ref. Yeah. God. Um... Yeah, no, I think limited instant replay is a perfectly acceptable thing to include into the game. Um, yeah, you, and put, you put a ref in the booth. You don't do it like baseball, how they have it at an independent center. You, you have them at the pitch. You have a fourth official there already. Just let him have you a TV. You have six officials sometimes. You have them on the, on the, the bylines. Yeah, just let the fourth so official cool. have a little TV. Yeah. And, and it's not that hard. I don't Just have his, have his subboard be a TV. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not that hard. I don't understand why people get up in arms about this. If you can figure out a way to do it in a minute or less, why not do it? Uh, I I think you have to push for thirty seconds, just because this really could spiral out of hand. I mean, I suppose, but if it's only goal scoring opportunities, that's true. But what about what about a red card? What if? What if someone, like, like for example, Nigel DeYoung in the World Cup final studs straight into what Iniesta's chest? But I don't think that's something that you would do for replay, and I don't think that's something that Alex would argue you need to do for oh, replay. Oh, no, I, I don't think so either. Because those are judgment saying, calls. Yeah, Offside yeah. is not really a judgment sure. call. No, it, it should really be an absolute, just like how if the ball doesn't cross the goal line. That's pretty absolute. It's black yeah. or white. It's on or off. Yeah, you know, I'm, and 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 trivial. You probably, you know, if it's really that trivial, you don't look at it because what is, is someone's arm offside? Is is you know, especially for passive offside. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you can definitely tell with passive offside in the replay. Yeah, 
because no. usually it's it's a couple of yards, and sometimes even if it's just a through ball, the the official misses it, and it's a couple of yards. It's not close. Yeah, no, but if if this is to ever work, you have to realize that there's limits. You can't replay red card decisions or yellow card decisions because that's just going to yeah, slow yeah. everything down. No, I just brought it up because today it was announced that there's not going to be the triple punishment necessarily. The referee has to think it was a deliberate attempt in the box for it to be a red and a mm-hmm. penalty and a suspension. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, yeah, I don't really know about that because it's judgment call. Yeah, I mean, it's and that sort of thing. When, when you're chasing the play, it's hard to know. You can't look in his eyes and try to see the intent if he takes him out or if he really, you know, because then it's almost a flop. You've never really refereed a game until you've looked into a soccer player's soul. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Were until you onside? Until yes, you've sir. read him some Emily Dickinson and see how he reacts. Yeah, basic, basically. Because I could not stop for death, he kindly stopped for me in a studs-up tackle. How do you feel? Oh, who is it? Who's the guy that uh, Cantona just shattered, or Roy Keane shattered his leg? The guy in Man City. Yeah, right? Look into his eyes. Look into his broken, <laughs> fractured bones. I think he meant it. <laughs> um, yeah, but anyways, I think... Limited applications for instant replay could be quite successful and actually helpful to referees because then they don't have to live with the decision that there was something that could have been done to help them that, that didn't get done. Yep, absolutely agree. So I think, think everyone should probably at least agree to some extent with that. But that's the end of our podcast. So just want to thank you once again for listening to the Holtcast and for reading 7500toholt.com, following along with us on Facebook and Twitter. And thanks to James again for the intro. It's wonderful. And, of course, check out James's, James's podcast on the pod, my lord. Don't think he has an episode yet this week, but usually they do, and usually involving Ellis Sanford and sometimes Adam Clark. So yeah, if you want to hear more from us at 7500 Holt, there's always that. Yeah, last I heard, I think they're going on an every two or every three week schedule. Yeah, especially now now for the summer. And their pod is pretty long. I think sometimes almost two hours, but yeah. it's great. Yeah, it's so, absolutely worth your time. Yeah, wherever you've been listening to us, you can also listen to them. So get all your 7500 to Holt podcasts, both on the site, on iTunes, Stitcher, Blog Talk Radio, you know. So for Robert Lintot, I'm Jack Grimsey. I want to thank you for listening to the Holtcast, and we'll catch you next time.